Justin, how the hell are you doing? Uh, feeling good, David. Feeling good. The weather's uh, the weather's changing a little bit. I've been able to get outside is, a little more. Yeah, it was a little chilly today. I went out without my sweater, but luckily I had one ready in the car. How often do you find yourself wearing sweaters? Uh, not as often as I probably should. Yeah. Do you, is it in, is that uh, sort of like a macho thing where you feel like you're in Southern California <laughs> and you should, no, <laughs> you should be able to handle it? Absolutely not. I, okay. I think with COVID, I just got lazy and I just don't really think before going out. Going out is such a big deal, but I also seem to have like mostly forgotten how to. So I just didn't even I haven't opened my closet to grab a sweater on purpose in quite some time. Yeah. And being around the house, too, it, I, I find myself I've, I gravitate toward my shorts drawer just because I. Yeah. Most of the time, I mean, if I'll walk in the backyard to the office or. I mean, I'll be around the house, so there's not a lot I do outside other than a you know like a, a jog or something. So it's it's so. just one of those things where I've, I've become accustomed to it for the last year of just wearing shorts, even when it's you know 40, 40 or fifty degrees outside. Yeah. And uh, one thing I have noticed is that uh, we have been so like hypersensitive about like, the things that we have in our house, in particular our uh like the fridge contents there's like things like okay. now we're able to like we have days specifically for leftovers just because we know that these first two or three days we're going to make meals that are going to be twice the amount that we need yeah and we're just we're, we've got this down to a science just because it's almost like we're in our own little bubble with being able to purchase food at a certain time and date and then cook that food, and then how long are we going to have these? It's almost like we're in like biodome or something, you know. We're just we got got this all charted out. Yeah, but I forget. Um, do you have you guys are not on soda, right? You guys uh, did you say you had a no. soda stream at one point? We have a soda stream that I make uh, sparkling water. On. Yeah, and how does the you know sparkling water in general? Like, like our kids will, we call it sprinkly water, but they'll i think they're expecting it to be sweeter than it actually is so it was a little bit of a shock to them when they tasted <laughs> that the lime for the first time or even the lemon and it's just it's yeah. like a hint it's a you know it's that uh it's just a uh the little bit of like zest that's in there is that the same yeah. thing for the soda stream then uh you can add whatever you want to it but it basically you just carbonate the water and then if you want to add something after the fact you can okay yeah and after a while, I mean, the the item pays for itself because we're I mean, we're going to Costco to get all of our stuff. Yeah. So uh, we w- we had been buying a bunch of Perrier and the little like seven ounce cans or whatever it was like the lime Perrier. And I was downing them like crazy. I drink like three or four a night. And it was like, well, it's cheap at Costco. But like, should we just get a soda stream? So this time it's already been like four years. But this time I put a post it next to the uh next to the soda stream and i was like let me mark down every time i do a fill and i have a full-size bottle and a half-size bottle and then you can hold it down and it lights up three different lights and then i only ever go to the second light now i could go to the third light but i just wanted to get a baseline and see how many times (laughs) am i filling this up so this entire time i've been holding it down for two lights and i'm marking down am i doing a full bottle or a half bottle and uh and so it's gone much further than I ever thought it actually did. Sometimes it feels like, oh, I just refilled this thing, I felt like. Um, but now I'm I'm past 30 fills. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's been pretty great to me. 
Well, I mean, that, that hasn't really been something we've considered. We're first considering the Vitamix that you're, um, that you're, you know, got to do it, bro. <laughs> I know. Right. Suggesting, uh, what is the, like, I'm sure that you've looked into the options for actual sugary soda flavors that they have. I mean, is it, I, I, I can assume that there's cola, right? Yeah. 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 There's cola. Um, and there used to be, there used to be a, a company in the nineties called drink maker. And it was essentially the exact same product as the soda stream. The soda streams essentially built off of what the drink maker was. And the cool thing about drink maker was that they had signed contracts with the soda manufacturers and you could buy Pepsi, Coke, Dr. Pepper, seven up. Like you could buy in the, the pure syrup, syrup form? in the pure syrup form and, and, and make literally Coke at home. And my dad invested in the company and had been selling it and like a lot of it out of his shop in Hawthorne for years and years and years and years. Eventually the company either sold or went bankrupt or something like that. I think a lot of it had to do with the IP from the soda companies. They didn't want to sell anymore. And the big selling point to the drink maker was that you could buy the actual sodas that you actually drank. And, uh, and so eventually my dad stopped selling it for a long time. He had the soda, the, the, the syrups at his shop. And I just never thought that they actually had a shelf life. And I remember the day I had to like pour them all down the drink, down the sink. Cause they were not good anymore. Um, but yeah, they all had the labels on it. So like, you know, all the sodas you could think of. Wow. Orange. Yeah, it was tight. But yes, now you buy generic cola. Yeah. Well, I mean, Grape. and looking at the, like the, the gamut of all the soda flavors, in my personal opinion, and I and I don't want I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but in the in the left corner at the 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 least enjoyable end for me is like the grape soda. I'm I'm surprised that they've carbonated that flavor. It's it doesn't even <laughs> taste like real grape, right? I liked so that, it as a kid, but yeah, it's not right. Good. So then in the middle of the spectrum, we have the the wide variants of Coca Cola's, Pepsi's, uh, Pepsi. Uh, all different kinds. I, what was the Crystal Pepsi? I remember that for a while, which was oh, a different yeah. flavor. Oh, yeah. I remember when it came back. I was so excited. Yeah. And then uh, you can go through to RC, President's Choice. It doesn't really matter what, what type you want. There's so many different uh, of the brown colas in there. But sometimes, sometimes overlooked. It's one of my favorites. And and I, I love um, I love Cactus Cooler because it's like a, an orange and pineapple mix. It's such a unique one. But yeah, barely taking the top. Away from that soda is my all-time favorite orange crush. <laughs> this is Jimmy Eat Pod. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's, I forgot that crush was like an orange soda. So I was thinking of uh, squirt, I think I was, which is like... That's a, grapefruit. It's like a lemon. Is it grapefruit? It's grapefruit, yeah. It's, yeah. Good. it's good, but I was thinking it's squirt. Good. And that's uh, the yeah. predecessor to Fresca. Oh, I, think. I see. I think I would reach for a squirt before I reach for a Fresca. Dr. Pepper is my drink. I think I've had like four oh, Dr. Man. Peppers since we started the pod. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I think I had a Dr. Pepper last week. Oh, man. Well, I know that you have them when you when you have a, a lot going on, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. Um uh, this is an absolute jam. I have a little bit of housekeeping to get through before we jump into crush. Uh, this is going to be a long one. So strap on in. Uh, <laughs> I, I found this interesting. I said, Jimmy eat world's obsession 
with construction goes deep. And I uh, had sent you, I'm going to have to send this to you in Discord again. Sorry. Uh, here we go. And the, I happen to be listening because Kimberly from uh, Patreon, Discord, Facebook group, all these places, had mentioned that she's starting still from the beginning. So she was only on episode 23. And sometimes when she points out something specific, I like to go back and listen. And so I was listening to the episode 23, which was 23, where you got to interview Chris Ray McCann. Yep. And sure enough, at one hour, 29 minutes and 45 seconds of that episode, he brings up something that we theorized much later. Was it on the caveman episode? Yeah, it was. Um, That we had wondered like, oh, is Jimmy world like somehow obsessed with like construction and urban sprawl and stuff like that. And sure enough, take a listen to this bit from your interview with Chris Ray McCann (laughs) about him shooting some photos with the band around their studio in Phoenix. And, and I remember that they, uh, they were really interested in what a boom was happening in and around Phoenix vis-a-vis construction. (laughs) And they're like, this is like the fastest, like this is, messed up like there's so much construction happening here that we drove around looking for construction sites that we could just kind of sneak into uh-huh. and shoot so a lot of the photographs are it like framed out buildings and uh you know concrete walls and um and the rehearsal space and then we went out for drinks that night someplace i don't remember where somewhere <laughs> out in phoenix there's yeah, um yeah we were, yeah it would have been yeah i was i was so uh I, I wanted to drop the name so bad that uh, I, I completely glossed over the fact that he had said uh, that they were concerned with basically yeah. the, the boom. And at the time, we had no reason to think that that was anything of note. Yeah. I would have done the same thing. Uh, and by the time we got around to the Caveman episode where we were theorizing, it was such an aside in his interview that we wouldn't have n- ever thought to go back to that. But I thought that was such an interesting thing that damn urban sprawl is a is really a concern for this band <laughs> um well i mean and so and I didn't we cool. talk about this at the at the time and just to kind of to, to talk about this subject of like urban sprawl i mean didn't we discuss just how big that was in our lives the fact that we came from oh, probably yeah. houses that were built in like the, the 50s to 70s and then you know in in the mid 90s there's just these I don't. I wouldn't consider them McMansions, but they were just these big cookie cutter houses that were just slammed on the side of a hillside, and so it was like one totally. of those things where, yeah, it was very noticeable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, abs- yeah, it's. Uh, I guess here in You're LA, fine on that one though. Yeah, man. Well, I wouldn't have done it if if uh, if uh, Kimberly weren't going back through the pod, and I'm like, haha, that's funny that you said that thing, and then me trying to go back and be like, what what was the thing I said that she was <laughs> referring to? Um. But it is fun to go back and listen to those old episodes in three times speed, of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> as I'm uh, as I'm want to do uh, while listening to old episodes of the pod all over again. Um, so the next thing is this is episode 74. Next week is episode 75, our uh, diamond Ta-da. anniversary yeah. <laughs> uh, episode. Uh, so we have a couple there's going to be a lot happening next week. Uh, some of which everyone's probably already started to notice, uh, in their podcast players, we have a new look. Um, and so, uh, launching probably by the time this episode is out, our patrons will already have the new stickers, uh, with the new logo, um, along with some stationery that I bought to set those stickers out. 
Um, uh, so that'll be fun for them. And uh, and a new trailer for the show will drop. So when you find our show on Spotify or uh, the iTunes podcast player or anywhere that your podcast player uh, highlights a preview episode, we'll have a new preview David and Justin's Excellent Adventure episode going up uh, next week. And then uh, lastly, we've only ever had it. We sort of mentioned it. I think I tweeted out a link a couple times to the merch store, um, but we'll add to the website, which we never have added, is we we have a merch store that had really only been up for patrons. And now that we have our new own logo and everything, uh, that will go live next week. And it'll be on our landing page and all that stuff. And and uh, you'll be able to grab that. Uh, and uh, I think that's just a little housekeeping that everybody can look out for. Yeah. I'm glad you brought all of that stuff up. This is uh, for hitting 75. There's a lot of cool things that we have going on, uh, you know, that uh, that go along with that. The drop of that episode. So I'm yeah. glad this all I came together. Episode, I wonder what song we're doing next week. I know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week it's Crush uh, from Clarity or the Jimmy Eat World Sense Field Mineral Split, 7-inch, or from the or, Budweiser yeah. One Night Stand uh, compilation. Uh, it's track 6 of 13 on Clarity, produced by Wes Kidd and Mark Trombino and Jimmy Eat World. Um, and what did I write here? Ah, yes. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, uh, it was recorded at Sound City in Clear Lake Audio. Uh, it was released February 23rd, 1999 on Clarity. Uh, however, on... I guess we can mention it here. On the Jimmy Eat World Sensefield Mineral Split 7-inch, it's not called crush it's called secret, secret crush, crush. Yeah. and on paper i just never had put them together now i had heard secret crush before uh it did not sound new to my ears in any way but i never you know me i don't know the names of songs so i just hit play and what plays plays um so i i would have to actually look at our list i don't think secret crush had its own entry so i must have somehow known that they were linked in some way or found out earlier in the pod and deleted that line or something. Um, but anyway, that Jimmy world sense field mineral split seven inch came out in 1997. Uh, Jimmy world wrote the song, Jim sing it. Uh, it's on capital. Uh, it has a notable high note of B four, which is, uh, sung in falsetto. So a four is the full, uh, birth note. Uh, that is notable that it's high. The notable low note is F sharp three. And uh, it got played the most in 2007, but it's been played 94 times in concert. First time that we know of was December 5th, 1997 at Skaters World Roller Rink. Oh, yeah. In New Jersey. And then February 12th, 2021 at the Ice House in Phoenix, if you count the uh, Phoenix sessions. Um and uh, it's a D major key song, 10B Camelot, 311 duration, and 91 BPM. That is Crush. What were they doing in 2007 that they were playing this song? Because they were probably touring with Chase This Light at that point, right? I, may, I, I, I linked myself to setlist.fm to really kind of see what that was about. Uh, that, they played it 29 times in 2007. Huh. And, I mean... It, Let's see. What L.A. show would I have seen if this were like some sort of tour? They played in Redlands and Davis, California. OK, so they played at the Will Turn, October 16th, 2007. Um, they played Big Casino, Praise Chorus, Crush was the third song in the set. 
yeah, I guess they, you know, they just like to bring out the old, uh, some old tracks. Right, right. And they must have felt that that was, uh, that was a, an, an apt moment for them to, uh, to play that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, uh, do you want to get into lyrics or do you want to talk about Secret Crush at all? What do you want to do? Yeah, I, let's, let's get into the lyrics first because I got those up right now. Great. So I have to say, this was one of those tracks where I was singing the wrong lyrics. Of course, me too. Much of the time. Right, yeah, it's probably most of the lyrics of Jimmy World. But this one, uh, I still have a tough time singing the right lyrics. So it starts out with, faintest snow keep falling, hands around your waist. I always thought Jim was singing, faith and snow keep falling, pants around your waist. Which, oh my gosh. Pants around your waist, I thought my mind went to where, oh, pants around their waist. But then you really think about it, and it's kind of like where your pants go anyway. Uh I think my mind was thinking of them like around your ankles, which is, it doesn't, the song didn't really make sense, but it was one of those like, <laughs> moments I had in my mind. <laughs> so faith and snow keep falling and pants around your waist actually is faintest snow keep falling hands around your waist, which is much more beautiful lyrics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, and I take that as a peaceful, quiet place. I picture like a scene at night. It's just, it's very sullen. Um, they're close together. This, I'm assuming, with hands around your waist, is that they're they're in very close proximity, like inches. Yeah. Uh, and then the second half of the verse is nameless, standing cold, standing cold, and nameless. I think there's not necessarily. I don't know who you are. It's not that. No. It's it's. There's no name for what they have. There's no label for what they have. They're sort of in this limbo of. Um, Standing cold, standing cold. They're just standing there in the cold. I, either no words, no emotions, no resolution is being provided in this moment. But it's beautiful. I mean, you, you can picture them in this. And I just picture them in the in a big park with one single light above them. And you just see some you know, trees with no leaves on them and some snow on the ground. And then them standing there in this just like a solitude. Yeah. So a beautiful setup already. With the snow, hands around the waist, and then nameless standing cold. And we jump right in to the chorus, which this, to me, is beautiful. I always thought Jim was singing Like a Friend, which made sense in the song, from what, you know, where I, I kind of analyzed the whole song. I think uh, I said, I think I thought he was saying Like a Prayer. Oh, okay. Like Madonna, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I get that. It's, it's, once you have it in your head, it's very difficult to get it out. So reading this again, like a breath, like a breath, take in restraint like a breath. Uh, it was hard for me just to understand in my mind exactly what they were saying, but having read it, taking a breath, or in my opinion, is is essentially saying they're not speaking. They're taking in a breath. I, I don't know if that's to prepare or if it's just as opposed to talking. Uh, and I'm thinking that they're taking a breath in order to hide their feelings or hold back their feelings. Another way of just saying by not using words, they're just breathing. That's it. I think I thought he's saying faint and whisper like a breath, like a prayer. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I get that too. Faint and whisper like a breath. (laughs) Take in restraint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, taking in restraint. There it is. That's the key word there. So it's it's taking in restraint. So they're hold by taking in a breath, they're holding back. They're restraining. They're not explaining to this person how they truly feel. Yeah. Uh, in the last line of the course is my lungs are so numb from holding back. 
They have taken in so many breaths. They have held back their comments for so long that they're numb to the feeling. Uh, almost like they could they could pass out, I'm, I'm gathering from this, is that this has gone on for so long that it's it's one of those moments where, I don't know, it kind of takes me back to my younger days when uh, the, you, you kind of meet someone that's new or you're dating somebody and things are so fresh and so new that it's kind of like a like a hitch in your breath that you have uh and it's I don't know that that kind of goes I don't know if that's cliche for saying but it's just one of those feelings I remember having with those first crushes when things are actually moving forward and like you hang out for the first time and you're just nervous and all of these emotions are running crazy in your head and so that's what I'm getting is that this has been going on for so long that my lungs are so numb from holding back. Yeah. So really, this guy is in a tough spot. And then we go into verse two. Very nice lines here. Walk close to the fence. Feel it hit your clothes. So I think that's that's a reference or a, uh, a way of saying that walking close to the fence. The fence is the boundary, right? So they're, they're not crossing the fence, but they're treading close yeah. to it. So close yeah. that it's against his clothes. So the, the, the close thing is a reference of how close they are to this this figurative fence, but the fence is the boundary that uh, they can't pass. And so far, judging from the lyrics, they they want, or, or one person wants, it to be more. And that's the fence, is that taking that stride over the fence and saying, let's label us or let's make a big decision here and you know proceed further with this. So really, really cool lines to walk, um, to come back into verse two with is walk close to the fence, yeah. Feel it hit your clothes, man. I thought he said, <laughs> "There's another one." Uh, see it cynical. Where? Oh, instead uh, of feel it, feel it hit your clothes. See it cynical. <laughs> I could get that too, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, faintest snow keep falling. I think I think he was saying like, what, what did I think he was saying? I I think most of it was just jumbled syllables. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what I thought he was saying. Like, nothing concrete. But I definitely sang syllables that were not faintest snow keep falling. What was the word you used? Uh, the just random syllables? Yeah, I, I was singing syllables <laughs> for sure. They were just yeah, not. It sounds like syllables. pretty much any any gym singing uh, singing lyrics in these early albums. <laughs> it's just you could easily. Like faintest, faintest doll keep walking or something. I don't know what I thought he was saying. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I, I yeah. kind of I heard a little bit more. It sounds clarity, so cool but... when he sings it, though. Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what he's singing. It's it, that's that's why I just kept singing it the way I did because I had no need to want to know what the actual yeah. lyrics were. I just kind of went with the, those first few. But these ones, these ones are a little bit clearer. Like the second half of verse two, I, I was able to to figure this one out. So turn and smile, nice smile. Say good night. Say good night. So keeping the restraint in mind, they each swap cordial smiles and then say goodnight. I mean, what else is there really to say? Neither has made the move forward uh, to, to, to take that step of saying, look, I'm, I'm kind of into you. Let's, uh, let's, let's take this next step. What, what are you going to do? I mean, if, you're, if there's nothing, it, it, nameless, standing cold, they're breathing. There's just tension in between them. What are you going to do other than turn and smile nice? You know, that whole <laughs> just just trying to be a good person and then smile, say goodnight, say goodnight. That's it. You just say goodnight to each other. Because really, what are you going to do? Stand out there all night in the snow 
Yeah. And Freezer I was that off. way with Susie at the beginning, for sure. 2003, me and Susie. Yeah. Yeah. I was in it for the long game. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> and then we have, I, I have chorus, I have it labeled as chorus two. So yep. in, in a breath, in a breath, I, I, compared to like a breath, like a breath. So yeah. maybe this is like the the moment is taking place now. So in Again, a breath. In, in a, a prayer. Breath. <laughs> <laughs> Simple discourse breaks you clean. Simple discourse breaks you clean in half. In hell Man. is what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I can get that too. Clean in hell. Yeah. I, can, I can hear it. But this this second chorus, this chorus uh, plus, is they're continuing this surface level banter. Simple discourse. And each time he hears it, so how are you doing? Oh, how's the weather been? Every time he he hears himself saying those things or hears her answering them or hears her question, the simple discourse, it breaks him clean in half. It's like, this is not what we need to be doing. We need to be having deep, yeah. intimate conversations right now, not this surface-level crap. And so by breaking him clean in half or her clean in half, um, he just can't handle it. It's just tearing him apart. And very cool bridge. So it, yeah, I love the music out. here. It really kind of yeah. takes off into like a crash ride, like exactly. Do do twinkly guitar, but also rocking. Like yep, um, yeah. It's it's really cool. There's and th- and that's one thing that I wanted to remark about the whole song uh, is that it has, and we've mentioned this before with a lot of their songs having like ticking off all of the boxes. This one definitely held the like the tempo the build and then this part with the bridge where it seems like yeah it's like this rocking i don't it's not double time but they change the tempo or it feels like they change the it becomes more driving yeah zach definitely does like the the ultra kick uh you know not not crazy double kick or anything that but this driving like kick pattern that definitely is going to make his shins like (laughs) insanely tight right exactly so you get that you get the feeling for this, and it's just by the time you're at this point with the bridge, you're, you're not only getting a different sound because it's a middle eight, you know, they got the bridge going on, but then also because Zach has driven us in a different place with the beat. So now we're hearing these lyrics. So uh, regret. Now in on the album, it's do try it once and then you know, but on the seven inch Secret Crush, it's I try it once and then you know. So just a oh, little bit of variation yeah, tall, there. Yeah. Very, very subtle difference in the, in the lyrics there. But regret, uh, do try it once and then you know. There it is. That, this is the internal monologue that so many of Jimmy World's bridges hold. Is that he's never made a move, but he wants to so bad. Do try it once and then you know. He knows what he can get if he tries it. But he, he starts off the bridge by saying, this is what I feel. I feel regret. Um, it's your move. Settle for less again, again. It's your move. He's giving himself, he's trying to give himself that pep talk, man. It's his move. It's my move. I'm speaking to myself now. Um, But again, I settle for less and make no move. Settle for less again, again. I love how they hammer it home with the comma, the again pause, and then again, man. With the harmonies too, it's so good. Oh yeah. And then another breakdown, like another like musical break. It's great. Yes, and that one, so that particular one has that signature, uh, a lot of their early sound has them where they're just raking back and forth on the strings, going, and yeah. it's, it again, so coming out of the it, bridge. It's very, yeah, it is kind of indicative of, like, opener. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot like that. And so they've 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 knocked off another sound in this. So coming into the bridge, you've got that driving sound, and then they finish the bridge off after saying less again, again with their beautiful harmonies with that little guitar breakdown, and then it all cuts out, which I think is just yeah. so beautiful. They cut that all out and then say like a breath four times, um, take in restraint like a breath. And the, the only difference here in this last little chorus is is just the variation on these last two lines is um, instead of just saying my lung, my lungs are so numb from holding back, he's got my lungs are so numb from holding back. Yeah, from holding back. I'm just so tired. That yeah, yeah. in there, that subtle yeah, yeah, from holding back. And that drum break right before the last back is so yeah. sick. And then finally, is there anything you, I, I've talked about this before, once before, there are several Jimmy Eat World tracks that have this crash hit at the end that and a ring out that makes me wanna that makes me think of something. Is there something this makes you think of? Are you like what are you asking for? What type of if you could lead me into thinking what this it? There's would something be. I always do or think at the end of this. It sounds like other songs in their catalog that do something a little extra at this part that this song does not do. So I kind of hum to myself this little extra part. Mm -mm, Nothing's coming to me. What is it? At the end of 23, when there's that final hit, and then the guitars just kind of... Oh, they go down? They just kind of, like, they put the echo on there? Yeah. uh, It's almost like, I think that could work for this song. I almost want to edit one in. Yeah? I didn't do it. I didn't do it for this song. I, I prepared something else for you that we'll get to later in the show. Um... But uh, but I should have done that, too. I'll probably is, do it for the preview or something. This is too early for them. They they still have all of those desires for like the how the music's going to sound. But, yeah, it didn't hit them until they put together Futures. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we got to uh, – because what were they with? Uh, Butch Vig on that one? They were yeah. – uh, yeah, like, how no, do we gotta let I this ring out, man. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do we how do we plus this? It's not just a <laughs> ring out. Man. How do we yeah, especially the last track on the album. You yeah. want it to like kind of fade into oblivion. Exactly. They had it, they had the right um they had the right idea, but they just didn't have the the proper application. And it's not like I don't want to discount this song, but you're right. It's, it's that yeah, from holding back. Do yeah. I mean it's still great as it is. The whole song from the beginning is just yeah. To the end wow so there uh, you have it man guy is really falling for this girl but can't muster up the courage to tell her and it is killing him yeah so what a tra- what a track and i never really thought about the lyrics even before we did this i was like okay yep those are the lyrics but i didn't think about what it meant and yeah it's very much like you kind of get what crush is however i feel like the title secret crush and we'll talk about this in community there, there's a couple people that have been like, oh, I, I want to I want them to go back to the original title, Secret Crush, blah, blah, blah. And now reading through the lyrics, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, This Secret Crush, because he's never really admitting it to her. He's taking in all of these little moments that, oh, we walked we, we walked close to the fence. And, and you know, what I mean, like he's he's pulling out all of these details that she may or may not be getting, but he's hanging on. You know, yeah. Um, so Secret Crush, uh, which was released a few years earlier um, on the Sensefield Mineral Split, uh, released on Crank Records. Um, and uh, I had written down that uh, Crank, <laughs> I found this funny. Crank is a sub label of 
Crank, a record company, which I just thought was so weird. <laughs> um, yeah, Crank, a record company. And then on Discogs, it says sub-label, Crank, with exclamation point. Um, and uh, Crank went on to release things, uh, uh, a Harbor 7-inch single. Uh, there is a Crank EP by Aerotype. Um, John's one-line, oh, Jonah's one-line drawing, uh, Fireside, Jupiter, uh, Various, the Icarus line. Uh, so that's a band I think I heard of. A couple Minerals uh, releases um, and stuff like that. So lots of, you know, late 90s, early 2000s alt-rock outfits, um, I would say. Yeah, and I, so I read the article, uh, the interview, uh, in Verbicide magazine from 2003, and another. I don't think I got that. So, and another band that came up in that interview that I had checked out and actually really enjoyed because they still have stuff going on today is is Neva Denova. I think that's how you would say it. But okay. you listen to them now, and it's sort of like they're described as like a spacey alt. I don't know, like a spacey rock sound. Not not something like explosions in the sky, that kind of spacey. But angels and airwaves. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like that without all of the, you know, how 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 Tom has just so many of those twinkly guitars that are just set on delay and repeat and all the echo totally. and stuff. It's like that, but without it. It's like a, a mix. In fact, um, Connor Oberst is uh, affiliated with Neva Denova. So uh, Bright Eyes, right? Oh, wow. He's affiliated okay. with them. Um, but listen to their stuff. I listened to it this afternoon. It's actually really good. But listening to or looking through this verbicide, which man, it's wild to think this was almost twenty years ago that this was uh, this was published. Published, yeah. In Excommunication issue number two, so they're talking with Jeff Matlow of Crank, and and the spelling is very specific. It's all lowercase Crank with an exclamation mark at the end. Um, a record company. There was just a couple of things that I wanted to note about this, and yes, we have reached out to this guy because I think that he would. Uh, I think that he'd be a fun guy to have on and talk about the this scene, but. There's only a couple of questions that I wanted to uh, touch on with this Verbicide article or this interview. Where was the label founded? I believe you said you were originally from nearby to me, uh, the interviewer, uh, Westport, Connecticut. How did you end up in California? I was going to say, yeah. uh, Yeah. So Jeff uh, says, yes, I'm originally from Westport. I grew up there and moved to Los Angeles in 89 to work for A&M Records. And uh, I've been out here in California ever since. It's nice and sunny out here. Yes, it is. I'd say there's less snobby people here than Westport. And he lives in lovely Santa Monica, California. And he started this, this uh, record company with $2,000 uh, and a spot in his living room. <laughs> wow. So wild to think that, uh, and this was 2003. So this was almost, what, 10 years after he had moved out to L.A., really, really got things together. Um, and, and the other question that they had asked him that I wanted to touch on was, uh, the interviewer says, uh, having released records by Mineral, Sensefield, etc., do you find that Crank has been pigeonholed as a certain type of label? And if so, is it difficult to open people's minds to the variety of music Crank releases? And uh, Jeff replies, yes, Crank has definitely been pigeonholed as an emo label, uh, especially from our first three releases, Vitreous Humor, Boy's Life, and Mineral. You're talking about those. At the time emo was just becoming known, it was still very much an underground scene. Actually, bands like Mineral started making it more popular, along with The Promise Ring and others. So being an, oh. an emo label back then was kind of difficult. Every time we'd release a non-emo record like Fireside or The Regrets, immediately people would call it emo without stepping back and really listening to the music. And I get that. Um, 
And he goes on to say, it definitely did slash does cause some problems in our abilities to sell a lot of certain types of records. Now, however, with the success of Jimmy Eat World, Dashboard Confessional, The Get Up Kids, etc., emo has become pretty darn popular. So all of the sudden, uh, the emo label is cool. Again, go figure. I guess that would make Crank revolutionary five years ago, huh? Would that make me cool? <laughs> That'd be neat. I've always wanted to be cool. So yeah, he. I mean, you kind of, you sell what you know. And yeah, you get pigeonholed in being an emo label, but is that is that so bad? Because he he felt Jimmy World's he could sense that they needed <laughs> exposure, right? And and put them on this sub label, right? Crank yep. was uh, a sub label of what was the the major one that you said? The the bigger one was it just uh, Crank, Crank Records? Yeah, it was uh, Crank Exclamation Point is a no. sub label of Crank Exclamation Point, a record company. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so I went to crank I'm sure this, for legal reasons. Right. Crankthis.com. Uh, and it was actually originally called Gearhead Records. So he's he's like a, an outdoor enthusiast. He's uh into mountain biking. So okay. when he originally created it, it was called Gearhead uh Gearhead Records, I believe. And so when he changed it, he kept the logo that he had designed, which was a gear icon on top of someone's head, but he changed it to Crank, uh, a record company, just to kind of keep that feel and not really lose okay. that that outdoor spirit. But this, I went on crankthis.com, and it's one of those where it's like a custom website that he had put together, and it totally feels like LiveJournal. Uh, you can go on this, and there's some archives and stuff, but on the front page of crankthis.com, there's a few things. So February 1st, 2007, Zookeeper in L.A., uh, Zookeeper, a.k.a. Chris Simpson from Mineral and the Gloria Record fame, will be playing a show in Los Angeles at the Hotel Cafe. Yeah. Which, Addison's. I've gone there to see Addison play a couple of times. I played at the Hotel Cafe. You were there, probably. <laughs> you were there. Well, I was I at played, that People show. Mover played at the Hotel Cafe. Then yeah. I saw you guys play at the Hotel Cafe. That was you guys. Oh, okay. snap. Yeah, you were there. Asia played with us at that show. Yeah. Okay, that was the yeah. one. I just had to get one beer, and I was good. They hey, said, that's you just gotta cool. Get one beer. We, were at this, we were at the same <laughs> show. <laughs> so, Hotel Cafe, talking about that, which is a, a cool little venue out in L.A., and then yep. uh, fast forward to just a month later, the Crank Store's closing, March 6, 2007. Last chance for a great Crank deal, final day of the Crank Store. And then a year later in March, still want some Crank music. And they're trying to get, they're basically trying to offload all the stuff, the hard stuff that they have. The um, It seems like the mineral stuff went quick, all of their, their LPs bet, yeah. and their records and stuff. And then the last one they have was March 9th of 2009. And this is what made me feel like it was, think back on live journal is they're back. So it seems we only update the site every March. And eh, how lame is that? Hey, at least we're consistent. It just reminds me of, man, I'm so bad at updating my yeah, live yeah, journal. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, but yeah. And it's it's kind of a, you know unfortunate to see any, uh, you, you can see the points of time when they're posting. And just seeing, like, even if it's a blog or whatever. Yep. But it's almost like that, uh, that. The best analogy I have is like, it's like the tombstone. You can see, it's like a graveyard almost. Like you can see the dates and times on when they stopped. And it's <laughs> it's just like, it's paused in that moment of time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you can still visit their site. Um, he's got information still. I mean, I, I'm sure he left it as it was 12 years ago. But it's an interesting little thing. He talks about, heck, we even have, in this last post, heck, we even have mineral, Jimmy World, Sensefield, seven inches in stock. So I, I imagine a lot of those, a lot of those made their way to uh, eBay. Oh, totally. 
Oh, yeah. But just need to see that this is kind of a solidified in time here on crankthis.com. You can see what, what where they left off. But so we've we've reached out to Jeff Matlow to see if he'll want to talk with us and and maybe we can that would chat be sick. with him. Yeah. It is March. Yeah. It's his time. <laughs> it's his time. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, so let's take a listen to a little bit of Secret Crush. Uh, okay. I figured that would be a cool little listen uh, down memory lane. Most people probably heard this. I don't know. Oh, I guess probably really in the bootleg communities, because unless you had this split or the Budweiser One Night Stand, which I don't think Secret <laughs> Crush was on. What was on Budweiser One Night Stand? I think that was, let's see, that was a 2002 release. So how random that they released Crush on there, but it wasn't Secret Crush. Right, that was, yeah, it was just regular Crush. Regular old Crush with an NERD track, uh, with an Idlewild track. This Ooh, is Star great. Sailor. Star, oh, 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah, that Star Sailor song showed up on that, uh, you were talking about the K-Rock, uh, their calendar oh, that they yeah? sent out with the sampler. Uh, I remember Star Sailor, Good Souls was on that one too. Wow. Man. And then, yeah, somebody scanned in the CD here. Yeah, definitely 2002 EMI music special crush copyright 1999 yeah, capital, capital records, records. <laughs> wow so let's anyway. listen do you have it yeah. queued up uh as far as the timestamp goes in watch together to to grab that or is Shoot. it the is it the opening track it is right it is the opening track on the, okay uh, and do you have the youtube link because i love the crackle on that one listening to it let's see maybe i pulled the the same one because i think there's a couple but let's see just turn the lights down, put my headphones on, and lay on the floor on my back, man. Venus now keep falling, falling, hands around your waist, nameless, cynical, Taking me straight like a prayer is what I heard. And then <laughs> Fainus, what did I hear him saying at the beginning? Dang. Uh, let me play it again, just so we can hear that warm crackle again. Sure. Fainus now keep falling. Faintus now keep falling is what I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They're just syllables, but yeah. Right. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a little bit of secret crush, and uh, now we can jump into track notes. Um, I did pull the top song meetings uh, thing. If you uh, did, you happen to take a look at that? You know what? I did meetings? look through them, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, there was one that I had. This is interesting. So there was one that I pulled, and it's and the reason why I didn't really go through and like select a lot of them is just because I, I had such a strong feeling about how the song my analysis was with it just being some oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. right sure. so I, I, picked... um, I usually just like if something has more than two two or more upvotes on song meanings i'm kind of like okay this is like pretty popular um yeah but it also has a personal anecdote so this was posted by live your life on april 12 2002 uh it says the first time i heard this song 
It made no sense. But as I listened to it and read the lyrics, it really hit home. To me, I can see this guy sitting outside in the snow with a girl who's just a friend. They're really good friends, and he wants to kiss her and tell her he wants more, but doesn't know how to go about it. Regret. Do try it once, but then you know it's your move. Settle for less again. That's basically saying there's a lot on the line by telling her, and he doesn't know how she'll react. So that's the top top song. I mean, that's what we said, but I like to give uh, Live Your Life uh some uh, credit that I did read their post. Yeah, and I would like to then highlight Dragon Luck. So March 8th, 2003, so just a year after yours, they say, I need, and need is in all caps, I need to say a few words about this song. This has helped me rummage up the courage to tell a girl how I felt. Now I have been going out with her for a year, and the parts stand close to the fence and hands around your waist totally remind me of this one day where before we parted, I told her how I felt, and I poured my heart out to her. I feel like Casey Kasem. I had my hands on her <laughs> oh, waist, <yeah. laughs> and we were standing close to a specific spot that I always pass every day. This was the hardest thing <laughs> that I had ever done in my life. It could have blown up in my face, and I could have lost a friend and a chance at the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. This has been the best choice in my whole entire life. I love the girl. Seven exclamation points. And my comment is, I really hope she's still around, man. That's awesome. That sounds like a really cool story. Wait, you were able to log in and respond? No, no, no. That's just oh, my comment okay. on uh, oh, my personal okay. comment. It's a, you know, I can't and, even make a new song meanings account. I keep trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to work. So I just have to no make way. the personal comment. Uh, but yeah, what a cool story. Is that, you know, it just seems like this person was passionate. Uh, Dragon Luck was passionate about... Uh, the relevance of this song in their life and how it changed. Absolutely. It. Yeah. I hope they're still together. Yeah. Or at least their initials are written in a tree somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's see. Uh, oh, this is cool. We've done this before. The band had done for the 10th anniversary, a track by track on their website. Did you happen to go back and, and read? No, these are the little, these are the little quips that they had, right? They just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go back to that, but, uh, so here's what Jim, it? and Zach say about Crush. Jim, so simple and straightforward. I can't remember if we ever tried it, uh, tried different arrangement ideas. Probably not. I don't think this is greatly different from the first guitar and hi-hat only drum demo, which I wish we had. Uh, Zach, going into the studio, we felt Crush was one of the stronger rock tunes in the batch. We didn't fiddle with it a whole lot, and it came together really well. I figure Jim wrote this when he lived in Flagstaff, lived in Flagstaff, on the reference to snow, we don't get that stuff down here in Phoenix. <laughs> and uh, if we all remember that Jim lived with Jeremy Yoakum up in Flagstaff uh, in '94, um, and so yeah, if you wrote that up there, I, I don't know how long he lived up in Flag, um, but uh, but yeah, just a little bit of trivia if we remember that. Um, Zach had posted on Twitter, you know, I got to go through their uh, Twitter um, history. And on February 23rd, 2020, he said, listening to Clarity for the first time ever on vinyl. And uh, I think he did like a track by track. Let's see. I uh, really wish I would have taken notes or pictures of my setups on each song. Only thing for table for glasses I know for sure is that the ride was a 22-inch Zildjian Ping ride. Snare sounds like my 70s Acrolyte. Denver Mint uh, to trip back. So let's see, let's see, let's see. Go over Wow. High chimney bridge guitar part in Crush that no one plays live, face, face palm. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I guess I never notice when they play it live if it's missing or not. We'll have to pay attention on when we play some of the live videos. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's what he says there. And then on the band's uh, Twitter, I sort of looked, and it's just a bunch of TwitFM links and a poll for it to be in the set list. Uh, now, that's interesting. Let's see when that poll was run 2009 so they didn't play it all that much in 2009 i can actually give you a number of how many times they played it in 2009 they played it a grand total of 12 times in 2009 so let's see they were asking for people to vote for it in may of 2009 it was either crush or get it faster that they wanted so let's see what they were doing in may of 2009 and did they play it in May 2009? March, April. Nope. <laughs> Skipped over May. Went to July. <laughs> they went to uh, Fuji Rock in uh, 2009. Fuji Rock Festival. Uh, I assume that's in Japan. Yep. At a ski resort. And that's when they played it. So they, I guess Get It Faster won the, uh, the Twitter poll. There were not a lot of comments on it, but you would have had to search for hashtags in 2009. I wasn't doing that research. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? You got any other track notes? I got I got a few more here. The first thing that you had mentioned was uh, Jim saying that they were going to do. How did he word it? They, they were going to do variations on the on the recording. He says, I don't think this is greatly different from the first guitar and hi-hat only drum demo. OK, well, and. I wish we had that. And and what all I was going to remark about was that just looking at the wiki for this, because this we've referenced this because we've gone through the Clarity album a few times, but uh, it does mention here that recording started at Sound City in Van Nuys, California, which we have that on our notes. However, uh, the it, it goes on to say the band choose this studio because they had previously gotten good drum sound on Static Prevails. However, due to its expensive rate, the band only recorded drums here. So I imagine that because mm. they had drums locked in from Sound City, that all of the the overdubs that they did at Clear Lake Audio, that that's it. I mean, they couldn't really change the drums much, so right. they could just do the guitars and, and the vocals. But really, all they were doing at Clear Lake was just the um, was just their their audio, the guitars, the vocals, and that and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, Adkins said while recording Table for Glasses, the band learned if you aren't doing a lot, it doesn't take a lot to get a big dynamic impact, citing the cello as a prime example. Uh, the band recorded two different drum sets for Lucky Denver Mint as a, a first for a band. They liked the effect and also used two sets on 10 and Goodbye Sky Harbor. And then that's where it says with Crush. Crush was re-recorded during the session. So they took that, and I, I imagine they say re-recorded because they had that the demo that was from the seven inch, but so right. crush. Yeah. That's when they took the opportunity to, to finalize crushes lyrics and the guitar work at uh, clear Lake audio in North, in North Hollywood. Yeah. That's what I want to say. I buy it. Yeah. Um, remember that consequence of sound article dissected. Yeah. Um, where they were ranking each album and blah, 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 blah. Here is what they say for how, uh, Jew ish clarity is <laughs> for better or worse. This album stamped them with the word emo. And so, yeah, you can find your proof everywhere. The title tracks, wait for something better. Will I know when it can be us? Maybe that doesn't mean us. Lucky Denver Mint with you're not bigger than this, not better, why can't you learn? Or just the entirety of A Sunday or Crush. So <laughs> essentially just saying how it's an emo anthem. Right. Um, 
and yeah, I think that I, I think that, I, again, co- the colloquial modern day term of emo. I think Tom Mullen would be mad about us saying emo uh, in this aspect, but the more colloquial accepted term emo that uh, I would say that uh, people like Tom and maybe even Eric Grubbs are rallying against uh, uh, don't necessarily uh, prescribe to that specific emotion tag. uh, Yeah. If you will. Um, But yes, lyrically, an insanely emo song and i love it um <laughs> so this was kind of cool do you remember way long time ago we found that website faint fake yellow light that was like uh it was like lucky sunday.tripod.com this guy <laughs> billy eat world at altavista.com he was the guy that uh ran it boy that was a long time ago yeah <laughs> it was a long time ago and what was on that site fake yellow light were the tabs for a lot of Jimmy Eat World songs from like Bleed American back. Well, Jimmy Eat World used to host those on their site. So if you go to the web archive of Jimmy Eat World's site and you go to the discography page in the Clarity album track list, all the songs, but except for 10, ha- were linked. So I said, what is it linking to? And I click on it and it goes to the tab and it says transcribed by Bill Martin, Billy Eat World at AltaVista.com. Now, Whoa. it doesn't say anything about fake yellow light, but the tabs are here and it's JimmyEatWorld.com slash discography slash crush underscore tabs HTML. So they literally copied his tab and pasted it onto their site, giving him credit for it. And so sure enough, I go to fake yellow light because I remember Billy Eat World. I think that was that fake yellow light guy. Googled it. Sure enough, found bill martin's site and all the tracks except for 10 are tabbed out and so i thought that was just kind of interesting and cool for cool for bill i wonder if um caitlin knows billy eat world because they're both like fan community run websites that were dedicated to the band early on um i I wonder if they're familiar with each other and well, if Bill Martin is in like the Facebook group or anything. Well, I'm I, looking I on. He's on that. Twitter. Yeah. He's the Billy Martin. He's he's. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. We got to give him a follow. Okay, check this out. Guitar in Good Charlotte, producer, freelance artist. Wait a minute. Is it the Hold same on. guy? Do you think it's the same guy? Hold on. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No way. It can't be the same person. <laughs> I mean, Billy Martin is pretty generic. It really is. But now I want to live in the world where <laughs> Bill Mart Billy Martin from Good Charlotte had tabbed out all of Jimmy Eat World songs. If you His can cross reference the Billy Martin uh Twitter account with Jimmy Eat World, you might find something. Okay. Hold on. It's not the Bill from Good Charlotte, we don't think. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> um but pretty cool that he got to host his tabs. I bet he was over the moon about all that typing he did. Absolutely. Uh, uh, that they put his tabs up on their site. Um, finally, I, I we very rarely get to go back to this interview, but Chip Midnight. You remember Chip Midnight? Yes, I do remember Chip Midnight. Uh, so Chip Midnight is a, uh, he's a journalist that did a bunch of emo band interviews in the late 90s. Um and uh, I think he was also in like involved in that like kids interview bands YouTube page and all that stuff. <laughs> um, 
anyway, he did an interview in 99 with Jimmy Eat World, and there's a bit about Crush. So uh, he says, I also noticed that in Crush, there's a guitar part that reminds me a lot of Call It In The Air off the last record. And uh, let's see who he's talking to in this interview. You'd think I would have written that down. Uh, I guess it didn't, whatever this interview is, it didn't attribute because he probably sat. It's Tom. Okay. Uh, so he's interviewing Tom. Tom says, it kind of is the same, I guess, the rocking guitar. Have you heard the first version of Crush, the 7-inch? It was released on a three-band split with Sensefield and Mineral. It's a pretty odd song, and we just decided to re-record it and see how it turned out. We liked how it turned out, so we decided to put it on the record. I mean, the most Tom answer you can get, right? Right. <laughs> um, so uh, I uh, more of the band talking about the song. Uh, that's what I like to hear. Uh, 2009 repress. So the 10 year anniversary. Guess who repressed it? Um, well, 2009. I don't know. It was yeah, crank around. Who... Um, <laughs> uh, this is not the seven inch repressing. This is clarity. 10 year. <laughs> oh, um, no. Who? Western thread records recordings. Do you remember who Western thread recordings is? Uh, no. Western thread, uh, Western tread recordings is Jim Atkins like record label that he started. Oh, Western he put out a bunch of format oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I keep oh, saying okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thread, sorry, because uh, yeah, I can't okay. read. Well, um, now Western tread. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Western tread. Yes, I wish you would have said yeah. that. I would have known. <laughs> um, yeah, that so, was yeah, him and Charlie Levy. Yeah. Accomplice stuff and the formats, uh, EP and and stuff like that. So. Uh, I just thought that was kind of cool. I love seeing some Western tread in there. Um, and, uh, finally I had bookmarked a, uh, I guess I'll, I'll keep this. Um, what's great is Linux in the discord and, uh, and our patron, uh, Jed had posted that he owns the seven inch and he posted some pictures of his, but one thing I didn't see in his photo that I did want to uh, reference here is the mail order insert from the fall of 1998 and uh, just some prices of things that I saw here. So the Jimmy eat world J June split seven inch was $3 and 50 cents. Wow. And Jimmy eat world's static prevail CD was $12. Now that's not, that sounds about right. The split seven inch being three fifty. that, I mean, yeah, what a imagine. steal. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was pretty cool on this, uh, mail order insert Wait. that goes on the records. Um, and that is all I have for track notes. Is there any other, other notables about the song? Um, no, no, that you nothing else. Talk no, about. I'm good. Uh, I did want to uh, mention, and I I did reach out to him, so I'm going to try to hopefully get this on this episode. Um, if not, we have more clarity tracks to go. But uh, Charles Miller of Outpost Print Co. has a crush poster that he designed. Uh, that's up on Etsy. He has done a poster for every song off of Clarity, and they're absolutely beautiful. Uh, so this one is uh, one and a half circles. Have you seen this? Uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Um, uh, yes. I, yeah. Uh, it's like a one gold, gold one and a black one, right? Yeah, one black. Uh, it's beautiful. It's uh, It has the word crush, 006 for track six. Um, and uh, I mean, nothing but amazing reviews on his stuff one day we're going to own all of these. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, uh, let me digress for a second. You know, I, I think it was just this past week on discord. I was talking about my anxiety of buying a house and how everyone's going to screw me and all that stuff. 
I think getting all of that out in the air, I think I'm finally just going to say, fuck it. And who am I trying to impress by not getting an FHA loan? I think I'm going to like go meet with a lender this week and try to like wow. start the ball rolling on buying a house. This is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. We can't fucking do this anymore, man. <laughs> like uh, there's things I hate about the floor. I, I mentioned it to our land or to our building manager. And she was like, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I've been doing some research and, and uh, in the city of Los Angeles, I guess every 10 years you can request to get your floors done. She was like, no. <laughs> And I was like, well, I kind of love to get our floors done. And uh, I think we're just over it anyway. So uh, that said, that will give me a place to put these posters. <laughs> yeah, well, so that was when, when you said one day we'll have all these posters. My first thought was, where are we all going to put these things? But you know what? If b- Between the two places that we have, David, yeah. we will find a place for them. Damn it. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I love Charles Miller stuff. Um, and what's funny, uh, I always think about this in the back of my head. Uh, there was a guy that was like a few years older than me. You remember when you were, uh, did your elementary school is like K through eight or whatever? Ours was through six. Oh, see, I never went to like a, a proper like elementary slash junior high situation. So I went to a K through eight. So when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, uh, the, the eighth graders just seemed like adults. Like they might as well have been in driving and... <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Like, like essentially, I thought of them as like seniors in high school age. And now when you see an eighth grader, you're just like, ugh, like you want to flick them away with like your fingers. Um, yeah. But uh, the girl I liked, her older brother in eighth grade, uh, his name was Charles Miller. So anyway, there, that's that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's it, huh? That's the whole story. Um, <laughs> and so in my mind, it's the same guy. Uh and so yeah so now i suppose we can uh let's look at some live videos why don't we yeah and we can take a look at this high guitar part so the earliest video i have found is from march 25th to uh 98 did you find anything earlier than that no that was the that was the same no 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 that was the same one i found yeah got it so let's take a listen to that to this uh we got to start unless you found one where it starts right on time you have to start this one at like 216 or something like that um let me jump to 216 oh did the timestamp work dude it did dude what the hell this this is it this is, this it, is the singularity <laughs> everybody <laughs> stop what you're doing get the president on the which phone. watch together version are we in <laughs> this is amazing oh man okay here we go here we go Crush. Look how happy he is. Oh, so happy. Look at that telly. Love the yeah. off-time singing he does it a lot in this song uh in over the years this place is kind of lighting up Yeah. 
probably won't watch the other ones this long, but let's watch this through the bridge and see if they do sure. the high bridge. And then we'll just spot check the other ones, but this is rad. up there. Okay, Tom, so they're man. doing it on this one. Right? Yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah, Zach, double time. so sweaty, man. He is just nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So tight. Oh, man. I want to clap for him. Jeez. Lowering the standard. That's what it sounded like they were about to go into. Um, Okay, so that was amazing. Uh, so uh, I got one from '98. We probably don't need to watch it. Oh, he he says, "Oh, this is a dancing Excuse song." Dancing so we can listen to that first. So, oh, he's playing a Gibson here instead. It sounds deeper. Oh, and Tom has switched sides on the stage. Oh yeah. Oh God. Jim is all over the place. I love when he does this thing. Yeah, man. I equate Les Pauls with this era. Because Tom DeLonge was playing a Les Paul at this yeah. time, too. <laughs> That's a heavy-ass guitar, man. <laughs> oh, is it? I don't know oh, yeah. much about him. It's a um, lot of wood, man. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, I I love when... I, I say cynical, cynical, but I love when he does the standing cold... Uh, standing cold, standing cold, which he does fairly <laughs> often. Um, do you have a way to play a flak file? Yeah, I can lo- load it up into Audacity, sure. Do you hear a difference when you listen to Flak Files? Especially not these. Uh, not really. All right, man. I have this queued up. Sick. Where do you want me to go? Uh, let's just hear it from the top, and we'll hear it through the chorus. All right. Yeah. Is now, keep falling. Falling. 
Oh, yeah, man. That's, that's good. So, so much, good. It's got so much depth to it. Yeah, it does. Maybe um, there is a big difference in the flack versus the uh, yeah, even the maybe. wave. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're like, eh, I don't hear a difference. Oh, but it sounded really good. <laughs> yeah, it does actually sound really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, I, I couldn't tell you where this performance is from, but it's recent. Uh, so why don't you play a little bit of this one? Uh, in this one, let's skip to the bridge and see if we hear him doing the high part. So let's skip to like okay. two thirds of the way through. So yeah, they didn't do the high guitar part, huh? <laughs> nah, but we made our own little twenty-three. Man, that sounded really good. Jim's sounded voice sounded really good. stellar and, in that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> production on it was superb. So that's that. Um, do you have anything fun from the community before we start getting into covers and things? I don't know. Okay, well, unless so you do. I, I I definitely got some things. It was on the what. Place 10th in the Survivor, Walking on a Wire Survivor. 2018 Survivor, it made it to round four. Um, Veridi Violetar says, another song-by-song clarity appreciation post. And here's what Veridi Volitir says. Crush, (laughs) it gives a lot of energy. I like how it drives between the punkish and typical rockish feel. How every time I listen to it, I kind of want to hear the bridge from Blister as it would be as it would here it would work here nicely musically i guess um also the guitars on the bridge are great jim singing from the top of his lungs at the end for the first time on clarity also works that is a really good point this is the first time he, the band especially jim vocally kind of opens up on the whole record so that's an interesting take um wow halfway through yeah wow uh so yeah, twinkly guitars. First time you're opening it up on the thing. I I think uh, it definitely is a contender for a cold weather album. Um, uh, Purple dot on Discogs uh, left a comment on one of the Clarity uh, releases uh, three months ago. Uh, so it's a fairly new comment. So I purchased this CD when it came out in 1999 and barely left it in my CD player that year and scooped up. And it barely left my CD player that year and scooped up the double LP on Big Wheel shortly after. With that being said, I'm not sure why all the reissues of this album have opted to include Christmas Car, Christmas Card, released as its own 7-inch, and the demo version of Sweetness to interrupt the sequencing on this album. The transition from Crush to 122398 on this version also is kind of weird. For an album that's so important to me and many others, it's weird that I'd consider the original Big Wheel 
records issue the definitive one this version is a fine presentation but lacks the depth and punch of the original press in addition to the sequencing so that's interesting i guess i never really considered the sequencing on the double lp um on the uh big wheel release versus the the cd um it's weird when people do that and i kind of get why it's an economic thing like they would have probably had to put an entire single side vinyl to because of how the uh grooves uh, yeah yeah sort of work out and so they put the bonus tracks in the middle of the damn thing um so that's (laughs) interesting uh i angela likes boys on the reddit uh posted a whole discussion about the stray phoenix sessions clarity thoughts and uh i wanted to read what she said about crush uh, Angela likes boys also runs the uh, discord server, which is always a nice, uh, <laughs> a nice thing. So I wish they'd segued a Sunday into crush. I've always thought of them as connected and I do kind of wish they, uh, and this is all in editing because they could have made them run together a little bit better, but every song sort of faded out and faded back up. Um, right. Which was fine. But yeah, I definitely think there's something to, especially like when they played the, I think it, they did it pretty well on the Clarity Live tour. The the hi-hat count-in after the famous snow keep falling uh, line, uh, the one, two, three, four on the hi-hat is very much baked into the song for me. Like that's that's a non, non uh, what am I thinking of? It has to be there. Um, right. And uh even when I listen to the record, I do the hi-hat count because it feels right. Um, so anyway, uh, Peanut is Mint five years ago gave a fantasy Jimmy Eat World set list and put a bunch of songs in there. And Slip Likes Space uh, had included Crush, had included Crush in their dream set list. Um, and uh, I guess it was like, uh, it's a mixture of best Jimmy Eat World show I ever saw, which was the Future Store back in 2005, and all my favorite tracks. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure what the what the thing was because Slip Like Space says by album because sequencing is hard. I see. So Slip Like Space was instead of sequencing a set list, they just went onto each album, said which song they wanted to hear off of each album. So okay, I see that makes sense. Um, so that is that uh, arcade tech uh, user arcade tech on the Reddit says my favorite Jimmy Eat World line crush from clarity is not my favorite song, but listen to the line turn and smile nice. You can hear him gritting his teeth through the lyrics. It's always been one of if not my favorite line because of this. And I think that's true. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, turn and smile nice is almost like you know, uh, something that you hear like a, uh, like a, uh, pageant mother kind of say to their daughter, uh, turn and smile nice. And you go, yes, mother. And they're just got the, yeah, yeah, through gritted teeth. They're just acknowledging that. Yes. Yeah. There's an album I just discovered, um, by Spanish love songs. And I posted about it in the discord, uh, as like sort of my go-to, uh, uh, severe depression, (laughs) uh, album Uh, and uh and specifically because the name of this album let me pull it up so i don't butcher it um 
is a very similar sentiment to turn and smile nice. Brave faces everyone, uh, which is like kind of like, uh, I, I, I don't know if this is the origin of the phrase, but I think it's like, uh, hey, we're all going to die going into this battle. So, you know, buck up. Brave, brave faces, faces everyone. everyone. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the album, I would say, is very much along those lines. Uh, this uh, Spanish love silence uh, uh, record. Uh, it's terrific mm-hmm. and insanely depressing. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, there was a countdown to surviving discussion uh, that Grow Live trainer on the Reddit was doing. And uh, when they did Clarity, here's what Grow Live trainer had to say about Crush. Um, the heavier sound on Crush does a really great job of capturing the frustration of liking someone by being too nervous to actually do anything about it. Similarly, with the title track uh, itself, it captures the pain and anger of a relationship on the outs. So uh, that's what uh, Grow Live Trainer had to say on the Reddit when they were counting down to surviving. Everyone's very excited that surviving was coming out. Um, Mm. We haven't gone back to this guy's thing in a while because we haven't done a hit song in a while. Uh, I would... I guess Crush is big in the community, I would say. Uh, maybe not necessarily a hit. It wasn't a single or anything. But this is the first, like, <laughs> our, our first big song back, I guess, um, <laughs> from the depths of punk season. Uh, uh, Wise Guy Um had uh, done a post in the music subreddit, just a generic music subreddit. That was kind of like a uh, an introduction to Jimmy World. So here's what he said. they said about... Uh, Crush. Crush is another noisy rocker, but highly melodic. Jim seems to be straining his vocals less and less. So, you know, this post in How to Get Into Jimmy World started with Static Prevails, and he's talking about how while Jim is rocking and 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 really belting, uh the uh that his voice is not as strained and gravelly. Strained yeah. as it was, yeah. And here's years what before. here's what uh Wise Guy Um had to say about Clarity as a whole. This is my archetype album of 90s emo. Some diehard fans say this is their peak, but I think this album had some amazing moments and some duds. I can almost separate the songs on this album by a musical genre rather than being a blend. Jim has become the clear main vocalist, but the harmonies are a huge boost to the songs on this album. Lucky Denver Mint was in a popular movie to give them more mainstream exposure. So that's what Wise Guy Um had to say in the music subreddit. I noticed in doing my research that Jeremy Yoakum himself is in the 90s hardcore tape CD record vinyl uh, Facebook group. Uh, had you found him in there? It, is it under his own name? Or it is, is it under yeah, the... yeah. Okay. So, no, I, I didn't. Uh, somebody had posted... I think the mineral seven inch or something like that. Uh, and uh, Jeremy Yoakum just commented on it. I like crush, but I also like the whole record. Maybe he was talking about clarity then. Um, but uh, it was fun to see Jeremy Yoakum just kind of pop his head in there. And most people I may, may not know who he is as far as they know. He's just some other nineties, hardcore guy that likes the music, but uh, he was there, man. Um, I'm sure Eric Grubbs was uh, looking at him going, Oh my gosh, Jeremy Yoakum. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> And, uh, oh, here's that guy I was telling you about. Ben Hardy prefers the original name. He says this on Facebook. He says, this has my vote. And for it to go back to the original name, Secret Crush. And so uh, I think, yeah, somebody was, Kate Driscoll was petitioning to get Crush on the regular set list on February 12th. Um, And is that when the Clarity session was, right? So uh, Yeah, it would have been cool, but yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Ben, Ben Hardy agrees, but also uh, wants it to go back to Secret Crush. And give me it's a top 10 song for Jake T. O'Donnell. You want to just take a stab at a number? Oh, a top 10, huh? Yep. Seven. Oh, six. Ah. When I first got into Jimmy Eat World, it took me a little time to warm up to clarity in its totality. It wasn't until that initial summer that I understood it to be a modern masterpiece. However, from the first time I heard the album, I immediately loved Crush. It was the hint of everything the band was about to become on Bleed American while still hanging on to the rawness of where they'd come from. What these guys started in shaping the sound of emo with the best parts of Static Prevails realized its potential with Crush. It contains some of their most lasting and most affecting lyrics. My lungs are so numb from holding back and simple discourse breaks you clean in half among them. It has one of the best combined Jim Tom guitar performances they've ever done, especially the solo breakdown before the final chorus. When they played this one live on the Clarity Times 10 tour, I believe it elicited the biggest crowd reaction of nearly all the songs. I think everyone identified with it similarly to the way I had. While Crush might not be the best song they've ever done, it paints a complete picture of the band that they were trying to be in the late 90s. It's the one song that is no longer in the band's live repertoire that I most wish they'd bring back. And so uh, I'll bet wow. JT O'Donnell was very excited when they played it. Oh, man. At the Phoenix <laughs> um, which I I mean, imagine what they would sound like at the Phoenix. Who knows? Who, who could know what they sounded yeah, like? Who can know? Who can know? <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to do... Uh, let's... Uh, before we get into covers, I'm I think I'm ready to 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 show you what I've done for you. Okay. So <laughs> going through the covers, guitar cover, drum cover, guitar cover, vocal guitar cover. So I'm like, okay, there's a lot of these. I probably won't talk about any of them. But then I was like, there's a lot of these. Why don't I cut a video together? And so oh, I've done man. just that. But not only, Justin, did I do just that. There was a key element missing from these covers and I couldn't let it go by. So I strapped on my bass. Yes. <laughs> and I joined <laughs> the YouTube band. Oh man. And, uh, and so I, I, I wanted to present to you Jimmy eat crush and friends. Um, <laughs> I was very excited to participate in this band that none of these people, except I did tell our friend danger Gavin, who's in this cover that this existed. And I didn't tell you. So I made oh, really man. crappy titles for it because somebody had a really long video. <laughs> and so it's really good. Here we are. Who's this David Park guy, man? I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck to play with Kenny Pop. <laughs> set so far. Sounds so good. So many guitars. <laughs> I had to take everyone down like 10 dB. 
Kenny Pop, Danger Gavin. Additional sinking with this. This is amazing. David Park, Scissors in the Throat, Candy Pop, Red Machine Here, Incoria, Danger Gavin, Nick Jesperson, Colonel Foods. Excess Company. Keep listening. Listen close. <laughs> Nailed it. You did it, dude. Yeah, you did man. the 23. So, Oh, man. You set me up. So there's seven <laughs> guitarists. We got Kenny Pop, Nick Jefferson, Scissors to the Throat, Red Machine Kiernan, Ink Aurea, Danger Gavin, Excess Company. Then you got vocals by Jake Harris. Then you got dr- four drummers in there. Cuddy 146, Colonel Foos, Noah Deering, and Lum Ying Lo. And then I played bass because there were no bass players. Oh, man. I'm so glad you were in there. It seemed like you were leading the band, but uh, it was... Uh... <laughs> I mean, in a way, I did because the they weren't all playing I've together. I made them play together. <laughs> yeah, man, you did. So that was a lot. How how much uh, syncing was done on your part? Oh, nothing, man. I, I let Premiere do the syncing. That's awesome. Audio waveforms. I'm amazed. Yeah, we're, we're past the time of like you know. I remember. I mean, I guess in an audio editor, you'd still have to like transcode everything to like 4800 or 41 441 or something like that. But uh, video editors don't care anymore, and I love it. It used to have drift wow. and all that jazz, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, so uh, I was very excited to participate, uh, and uh, uh, I love doing these. Uh, it really didn't take that much time, and it was a fun sort of thing uh, that I put together for the Man. community. So, uh, yeah, now we've got uh, a couple covers. One, we got a professional cover. Uh, you want to tell us about our professional uh, cover here? Uh, which one is this that it's we're talking holophonics. about? Oh my goodness! How did I not? Uh, how did I not catch onto that? Yes. So we do in all caps. My my comment on this one is, yeah, man. 
I'm always a fan of the holophonics. I don't know why I didn't slide them in as green. They, they just kind of slipped into the middle. Yeah. But yes, we have the holophonics. So I've loved Ooh. every cover that they've done. I do feel like this is too fast. It sounds sped up. Um, yeah. So I did think that I, I played it at half speed using the YouTube speed player thing. And it sounded okay. But 0.75 speed might be the best route. So I don't know... Uh, if you want to play it on your end on YouTube and do 0.75 speed and see what you think of that. All right, let's see. Let's try this. So I'll try it uh, with 0.75 speed. It does sound, it does sound pretty good. Yeah. Although I don't like the digital, the digitalization of it. Yeah. Uh, All right, here, let let me play play it it at the the regular speed. Having listened to it a second time through, so the first time I had a similar thought, similar thought to you, uh, where it was, something sounded a little off, but expecting it this time, I thought that was awesome. You know, what what was a 7 out of 10 has now become a 9 out of 10 as far as covers go. <laughs> the bridge and is it's undeniable. Just because, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just going in there expecting it now. Yeah. You know, understanding that, yeah, it was a little bit quicker, but yeah. man, those guys, I love the holophonics. Uh, next Ugh. is sort of a professional cover, but it's professional only in by person, not necessarily by quality. So Mark Hoppus 
has been doing Twitch streams and playing video games and all this stuff. And over this past summer, he happened to be on with an acoustic guitar. And we caught this little clip, thanks to Blink-182 Italia, uh, who shared this with us. I'm going to play this and watch together. You can, you can type that in on mobile. Son looks like Sid. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Andy. Misco 182 already got it. <laughs> it took what ten seconds? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I loved when I heard that. I was very excited. Um, so let's see. Uh, what I've got people from the community. I'll do those last. Uh, I, I it's been a while since we've done this. I don't think I have. Let me confirm that I don't have. Yeah. Did you happen to come across? Did you happen to come across what's her name? Those fake. Uh, no. Uh, Megan. Yeah. Megan Trainer. No, Megan I didn't. Galding. Galding. No. No. So I don't have Megan Galding, but I do have something that might work. Uh, it's been a while, but our friend at Passkey Piano. Uh, okay has a uh has a piano thing up here so do you want to try doing touch the speech with passkey got it man i am accompanying <laughs> sure hit me here we go playing and watch together here and faintest snow keep falling hands around your waist nameless standing cold standing cold like a breath, like a breath. Take in restraint, like a breath. My lungs are so numb from holding back. Walk close to the fence. Feel it hit your clothes. Turn and smile nice. Smile, say good night. Say good night. <laughs> so directive, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's Turn little, and it's smile nice. Man. Smile, say good night. Say good night. Oh man. Uh <laughs> that worked. Pass yeah, key piano. So. Thank you very much. It's no Megan Golding, but yeah. It it'll do. Uh I, I've got somebody by good memory on Bandcamp. I said great intro, not a huge fan overall, though. Uh Deer Leap on YouTube. Uh super potato quality. Uh here, this looks like a fun show. Late night wars. Did you see late night wars? No. Uh, the band played this at a live show. Uh, here's a little late night wars. Oh man, I remember shows. Look at the bass player, that's sick. You can kind of hear the run he's doing. <laughs> I love the punk jumps in there. They're so good. Yeah. Um, which uh which band camp uh did you have? Uh this was good memory. Oh, okay. Uh, goodmemory.bandcamp.com. Did you want to play a little good memory? Let's do that one because I did have yeah. that one uh, flagged as green. I had a nice take on the song. Okay, so nice. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a listen. Here we go. This is uh, good memory. Uh-huh. 
Mangitogorsk, Russia. One thing that really gets me about this song is that Hands Around Your Waist is when they actually come out of that crushing introduction and start doing their muted, the palm muted guitar. It's just amazing how all the way through Faintest Snow Keep Falling, Falling, uh, and then once Hands Around Your Waist, man, we're like the second line in that first verse, and that's when it feels like the song actually starts to, the the momentum's moving. It's amazing. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So that was good. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Uh, I've got some great acoustic boys with a cajon. Ooh. Uh, so we can I like a it. good cajon. Uh, this is called My So Called 90s Band, These Boys. Did the yeah. I like the cajon player, is the one singing. Apple Watch is going nuts. I love yeah, the, I the love... split screen seems almost useless. It looks like they're just in the same room. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do appreciate the guy's got a uh, a map of the United States with the holes cut out. I've got one of California, but he's got all the beer caps. I love that you can. Oh, uh... I figured that was maybe what it was, but it, I couldn't tell how far back that was from him, even though I guess the yeah. pieces are on the wall. But I was like, are those too big to be b- bottle caps? No, they're definitely bottle caps. Got it. Um, so yeah, that's my so-called '90s band, and I think uh, th- I think there was something in their uh, description that was like hire us. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, here is OGBVT3. Did you see OGBVT3? Yes, but I, wrote, I thought that was too much. Go ahead, go ahead. I, yeah, so I wrote "Well Done" quarantine cover. Too clean. Yeah, I I thought it was just like the album. Like, and maybe that's what I got. Not, not necessarily yeah. too it's clean, almost like but just cleaner than the album version. But let's take a yeah. listen to OGBV. Yeah. 
Mm. So yeah, I mean, it's good. It, it's it's terrific. But yeah, it sounds like yeah. too close to the album, if not cleaner even than the album. Yeah, which still turns me off a little bit. I do like a cover that's sort of unique. Yeah. Did you see Mario J. Rivera on YouTube? I did. I wrote. I did. I in fact, I wrote, I watched the whole thing. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was. Yeah. Uh, I was. Impressed. I did also think it was a little just too clean, but yeah. it's him. It's just Mario J. Rivera playing all parts, like you do in quarantine. And in the oh, intro yeah. to this video, he puts I a love this VHS. Crush VHS in the in the VCR and hits play. And then an insanely widescreen VHS. Oh my gosh, this is like 16 by 9, 4 by 3. <laughs> right? It would be so thin. I like his face. It looks just like my jazz face. Uh, just looking at the house, this guy lives in Sherman Oaks or Woodland Hills, man. Yeah, totally. He's got great harmonies. Oh, yeah, totally. It's just, like, so clean. Drum sounds oh, great. Man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is... The, those are Mario. that's what I have for bands. Then I have some acoustic boys. Somebody had a dog. Uh, oh, I, I wrote fun, folky cover. This is Isaac Arms. Did you see Isaac Arms? Yeah, I did. I wrote fun. He's the one that we've had. He's the pup. He's the guy with the pup, right? Yes, that's right. So we have he, had him before. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, he, yeah, this is the guy that we sped up, I think, on purpose, which was kind of a... <laughs> Oh, I see. I don't remember this remember. needing speeding up, and I like the folkiness. Yeah, this one was okay. He looks like Laszlo. Yeah, yeah, sounded great, man. That's a good pub. Look at that pub. Pub is like, are you nearly done? I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, I got somebody that's a little pitchy. Oh, nice. Blink in bedroom. Uh, this is Josh Rodden. Did you see Josh Rodden? Mm, uh, so theirs was Josh Rodden was actually on Bandcamp. No, John oh, Rodden yes, was. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I didn't hear his Bandcamp. I, or I, let's see there i think i wrote his band camp down or something but then i i saw him on youtube and i was like well i'd rather see him yeah yeah, yeah. i put the his band camp link rock on top of right on top of it i said dig it nothing bad nothing great but in his picture i could see that he had a blank cover so i don't know any mini money mo which one do you want to see um geez uh the band camp what <laughs> you want to do the band camp one um uh, because it's john rodden are you looking at josh rodden oh yeah Is it that's a different weird. guy why did I write John Rodden and then Josh Rodden? Well, John is the actual in the URL for Bandcamp, so I know that one's set. But Josh, oh, yeah. no, you got John. from YouTube, right? I, I just completely okay. Uh, okay. typed the wrong thing when I typed I it imagine they're both link. the same recording, so we can listen to either. I'm good with that. 
Uh, let's do the Go YouTube, YouTube one, uh, yep. just because there's Blink posters on the wall, including my favorite photo, Blink-182 of all time, uh, which is the one right by his elbow. Uh, the black and white one there. And then I've got stuff from the community. If there's, are there any other covers you wanted to cover that weren't uh, from the community? No, we've gone through all the ones I liked. Sick. So, Excess Company, who is in our um, our uh, compilation video, I wanted to highlight him because he posted his video uh, just like uh, this past week, and I said, "Great timing." He was like, "Yeah, thanks. I'm really working on my timing." I was like, "No, no, no. Like, we're doing the song." <laughs> Um, uh, so anyway, I wanted to give him his due. So, uh, we'll play a little bit of his, uh, performance here solo. It is a play along video, but, uh, it, it's really cool. I liked his angle cause you could really, I feel like you could watch this and learn how to play it. Oh, and he has the blink button and then a blink poster behind him and then a Mark office face behind him. <laughs> Yeah. He's got that um that little octave like discordant octave accent between each yeah. line. Yeah, it's so cool. Um Yeah. And then finally I have two from Danger Gavin. One I used in our little video there. I'll play a little bit of his. He's playing along uh with uh with the song uh using his electric guitar here.
so good it's hard to stop uh because the song just uh is so uh oh yeah it's moving yeah man. you just want to say i'll just go for the next verse and then you yeah. know, i'll go for, through the chorus and now i'll yeah. just lay, play through the the bridge <laughs> <laughs> and then finally here's danger gavin he did a series of acoustic covers uh in which this exists so here it is yes Fades the snow keeps falling, falling. I'm playing along over here to the drums. Snap Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, wow. We did it, Justin. We covered... I mean, I do have a, a, a video of somebody that timed their Christmas lights to this song that I didn't go over, <laughs> but it's in the YouTube playlist. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's more of a visual thing anyway. This yeah, yeah, yeah. was a big boy. It was a big boy. Of an app. Yeah, we talked about Crank. We talked about the Mineral. I, we didn't listen to Sensphere or Mineral on that split 7-inch. It's in the YouTube playlist. Um but I feel like there's enough in here. Oh, I didn't talk about the Budweiser one night stand. I, yeah, I did. It's been so long since I talked about it. I forgot I talked about it. Uh, I think we we crossed off everything, man. Yes. Wow. Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song Crush by Jimmy? Um, I'm glad that I got to finally read the lyrics. The song always was um, was a banger for me, right? In the, in the yes. back of my mind, I knew this was a hard-hitting song. So uh, listening to or actually reading the lyrics and seeing them fall into place with the musical element of it i mean this is a big track for me it's a huge one on this album um i know that i you know i have a tough time being critical of jimmy world's work man but this is just this is a big one so from whatever i said was like my best one last time this is just one step further yeah (laughs) what about you david uh, this climbed up a couple rungs of the ladder for me yeah uh, specifically based on the lyrics alone uh never knew what he was saying before even after reading the lyrics, it didn't click. Once we fundamentally went line by line and understood where the song was coming from, uh, I, I think it means a whole lot more now. And I think it's terrific. Um, yeah. And uh, I can only imagine that's why it, ta- it, it, it placed 10th in Walking on a Wire Survivor and was yeah. out in round four um, for the 2018 Survivor. It is, um, it's almost too fun for the subject matter if that makes sense, like maybe the music and the lyrics don't necessarily go together, but I think that's, what's great is they don't necessarily have to. And that's where the puzzle is fun to sort of put together is dissecting the lyrics and realizing that he's not, he's saying something more than what you think he's saying. Uh, And it's just the style of music and the style that the song is that maybe a little bit things, a little bit of stuff got lost in translation, I think. Um, by no fault of anyone else's, but I think it was easy to just rock out to because yeah. it's so fun uh, that you never really stop to see the forest for the trees, you know? So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that's my takeaway. And, uh, 
and with that, I, I hope everybody uh, finds their crush and, uh, and uh, goes forth and continues to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes!